The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Ah, uh, we have sort of a problem here. Oh, yes, yes. I love crack. I'm absolutely cuckoo for crack. The Michael Graff Show. Awesome. Looks like heaven's easier to get into than Arizona State. Hello, I'm Al Gore, and I'm here to scare you about global warming. Apparently, there's the side of Bill Clinton the world knows, and then there's the dark sex craze side only I know. The Michael Graff Show. I was making radio shows for fun. If, if everybody does it, if, if everybody I know does Shut up! Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? Oh, no. Not this again. Hey, my sandwich tastes funny. Is there something wrong with the smuckers? Yeah, it's been on my crush. Coming to you via the magic of Memorex. It's the best of the zip code famous Michael Grav Show. If you have any comments regarding the best of the Michael Grav Show, email mike at kmgx.com. AOL Instant Messenger screen name Michael Grav Show. And now, the best of the Michael Grav Show. Great moment in soccer history occurred over the weekend. Anybody see this story about there was a game, I guess, between the uh, the Celtics and some other team? I don't even know yet. I don't have it. I uh, wrote it down in my notes here, but um, so I guess they had this game and it was played in Scotland. Now, apparently what happened was just before the game was to start, they were going to have a moment of silence uh, to honor the Pope. Of course, Pope John Paul II, who passed away over a week ago. So, soccer fan being, you know, soccer fan, decided that it'd be a really cool idea during the moment of silence to heckle the opposing team's fans who are predominantly Catholic. So, rather than respect their faith and rather than be respectful, they decided to jeer them and to uh, hurl religious and racial and every kind of epithet that they possibly could at the opposing team's fans. Yet another great moment in soccer history, right here on the Michael Groff Show. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I, I could just see this going down. I mean, how does that go down exactly? How do you sit there and purposely be ignorant towards somebody else's religion like that? Ah, uh, gee. I mean, the uh, leader of their religion, the uh, their idol in their religion, just happened to pass away. Somebody that they admire just happened to pass away. I got an idea. Let's taunt them about it. I mean, what do they stand outside before the game gets going? And the, you know, you and your boys are standing around. You're like, yeah, I got a great idea. Let's taunt them. They're Catholic. They're just stupid Catholics. Let's. Their pope died. Hey, I'm going to dress up like the Pope and pretend I'm a corpse. Yeah, that's that's really fresh humor right there. That is, uh, that's really nice. Heard about this? Criminals may have breached computer files containing the personal information of 310,000 people. Uh, this according to a, uh, well, this would be a tenfold increase over a previous estimate of how much data was stolen from information broker LexisNexis. The company's parents said on Tuesday. Last month, London-based publisher and data broker Reed uh, Elsevier Group, PLC, said that criminals may have accessed personal details of 32,000 people via a breach of its recently acquired 
uh, CSUNT unit, part of Dayton, Ohio-based LexisNexis. So, uh, and I guess LexisNexis is a uh, Reed subsidiary. Anyway, Reed said that it identified 59 instances since January 2003 in which identifying information such as social security numbers or driver's license numbers may have been fraudulently acquired on thousands of people. Information accessed included names, addresses, social security, and driver's license numbers, but not credit history, medical records, or financial information, the company said, even though it doesn't matter because you can get all that with that, uh, with the previously mentioned information anyway. But that part right there wasn't in the story, but that's just me editorializing a little bit for your general information. So apparently little hacker, pencil-neck, fa- pencil pasty-faced geeks decided to hack into this uh, little outfit and get uh, information on over 300,000 people. I can't imagine that. Gee, I, I, I just can't wait until I get a bill in the mail from some furniture outlet saying that I owe five grand. That'd be just stellar. Reed spokesman Patrick Kerr said that the first batch of breaches was uh, uncovered by Reed during a review and interrogation of CSUN's uh, system shortly after it purchased the Boca Raton, Florida-based unit for $775 million in August. You purchased a company. Wait a minute. Let me get this. You purchased a company for $775 million, and the damn thing isn't even secure. Little hacker geeks get in there on several different occasions over the last couple of years. Anyway, uh, CSUN's database store millions of personal records, including individuals' addresses and social security numbers. Customers include police and legal professionals and public and private sector organizations. The company said the 59 identified instances of fraudulently obtained information, 57 at CSUN and two in other LexisNexis units, are largely related to the improper use of IDs and passwords belonging to legitimate customers. It stressed that neither LexisNexis nor the CSUN technology uh, infrastructure was breached by hackers. Yeah, sure. Kerr said that the company has uh, since ensured that the system is watertight by improving login systems and security checks. Allegedly. He said only 2% of the 32,000 people it uh, notified about the possible theft or uh, of their personal information in March uh, have contacted LexisNexis to accept its offer of free credit reports and credit monitoring. And none has so far advised LexisNexis that they have experienced any form of identity theft. Well, yet, uh, man, I got a friend who got hit by identity theft not too long ago. Well, actually, I don't know. They, they got his credit card number somehow. And anyway, they went on a spending spree with his, uh, with his ATM and credit cards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he was not happy when he uh, mysteriously got a bill for uh, like $900 from the cable company. Now, my question is, what kind of low-life jackass runs up a $900 bill with the cable company? How the hell do you even run up a $900 bill with the cable company? What, do you buy like 700 pay-per-view, pay-per-view events? Would you get like a whole bunch of those, uh, those cheap porns that they have on cable? You know, the porn, it's not even good porn. It's just like, uh, it's just a little bit better than softcore porn that they have on cable. But you see, these criminals that got my buddy's credit card, they were, they were really stupid. They, uh, they decided to order a pizza. <laughs> they were the dumbass criminal that decides that, hey, I just, I just uh, jacked this dude's credit card. I got an idea. Let's order a pizza to our house. Whoops. How stupid do you have to be? 
All right, other news going on. A small walking man-shaped robot for uh, home security and entertainment is going on sale in Japan for 588,000 yen, approximately $5,450. The 15-inch tall, 5-foot-5-pound robot called Nuvo from ZMP Incorporated also comes uh, in a fancier $8,200 version with the same functions and design inspired by... uh, uh, who is this? By lacquerware painted on its body. The robot can walk, get up, and respond to voice commands such as turn right. It links to mobile phones so that people can check uh, on images uh, in their homes taken on a digital camera inside the robot's head. It can be controlled by remote and is programmed to do a dance. It also makes musical sounds. The creators are billing the machine as an eye-pleasing addition to fashionable homes. The collaboration of a a designer and a uh, choreographer as well as a computer chip maker. Tokyo-based ZMP is planning to sell 2,300 robots and shipments are set to uh, begin for late April. Orders are being taken through the internet and robots will also be sold at a Tokyo shop. The robots are being sold only in Japan, the company said. Japan leads the world in robotics, and Japanese companies, including automakers Honda Motor Company and Toyota Motor Company, have produced uh, experimental human-shaped robots. Sony Corporation has sold the uh, Ibo dog-shaped robots, but ZMP says that it's the first to mass-produce humanoids for the home. Um, I have a really important, and you'll have to forgive me, but I, I must ask one very important, very salient question. What the hell good is this thing? It takes pictures, and you can tell it to turn right and turn left. Great, you just got a NASCAR robot. All right, turn left. Turn left again. Turn left again. Hey, Ma, I'm making this here robot turn left. Yeehaw! Yeah, Great. That's real super, Jethro. Who cares? So this robot basically turns... It can take a picture and it does a dance. And you're going to pay... And you know what? There are people that are dumb enough to pay $5,450 for this thing. And I bet they're probably the same people that would counterfeit a $1 bill. You know, maybe though... I was just thinking about this during the break. You know, maybe counterfeiting a $1 bill might not be such a bad thing if you're like one of these guys that likes to go to strip clubs a lot. You know, because strippers are really stupid. I mean, they'll uh, they'll accept pretty much anything. What? Nah, dude. Strippers will recognize a counterfeit $1 bill from like three miles away. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they see so many of them. I bet a stripper... You bet, I, I bet you hold up a bill across the room and she can tell you not only is it counterfeit, but she can probably tell you like where it was made, when it was made, how long it's been in your pocket. Strippers know their current. It's just like going to a casino. You know, I saw a guy get uh, get booted out of a casino and got in a lot of trouble for uh, passing counterfeit money in there before. Yeah, that's that's pretty serious stuff too. Two places that you probably don't want to ca- uh, pass counterfeit currency: one in a casino, and two at a strip club, because both places. They don't even need the little marker that they, you know, mark on the bill to see if it changes color or not. They don't need any of that. They don't need any kind of technology to scan the bills or anything. They see so much currency that they can probably tell you if it's counterfeit or not. If it's new, if it's old, 
Generally speaking, I bet. I bet it would take the best counterfeiter in the world to do that. At any rate, more stuff going on. The global music industry on Tuesday launched its largest legal action against alleged online pirates with almost 1,000 lawsuits in 11 countries. Leading music groups, including Universal, Sony, BMG, EMI, and Warner, have endorsed the drive to comb internet f- uh, to uh, it curb internet file sharing, estimated to cost the industry 2.4 billion dollars a year in lost sales. The International Federation for uh, phono- uh, of the Phonographic Industry (IFPI) representing 1,400 record companies, said that the latest action would target Asia for the first time with lawsuits in Japan. The film industry, which also claims to be losing $3.5 billion a year to Internet piracy, is watching the uh, legal tactics. Critics of the scheme, particularly in Nordic countries, have questioned the uh, tactic of suing music fans, but the IFPI counters that the music sales have fallen from about $400 billion in 1999 to $32 billion globally. You know, I've always waited, and this is uh, every time I read one of these stories, and you stop me if you've heard this before, but I'll tell you what. Every time I hear a story like this, all I can tell you is, is it's quite simple. The world, not just the United States, but worldwide, the reason that record company, uh, the record sales are falling off so drastically is because of the garbage that's being put out by many record companies. The music that's being put out right now is just lesser quality. It's, listen, it's not to say that there isn't quality music being put out there today. There's plenty of it. Uh, I'd like to think that our station uh, right here, our flagship station of the Michael Groff Show, KMGX, uh, I'd like to think that we play most of the good stuff. But I'll tell you what, it's harder and harder to find quality music. I, I'm being serious. The record company, they're, they're never introspective. They never sit there and go, gee, you know, maybe it's our fault. Maybe the reason that record company sales falling off might have to do something with the fact that we can't produce anything but one or two good songs on a CD. And the people don't feel it's justified to go out and spend an increasing amount of money for a decreasing quality product. That relationship, that inverse relationship is not a winner. Increasing the price of a CD for a decreasing product. That's like going to McDonald's and yesterday a small fry cost you a dollar. And today an even smaller fry costs you two dollars. Who's going to do that? Listen, I'm telling you right now, I sympathize with people that are just, they're fed up with the, with the crap being put out there. And you're, you might say to yourself, but Mike, they're still downloading it. It must not be that bad. Yeah, they're downloading the one or two or three good songs on a 15-track CD. That's what they're doing. Nobody's sitting there and downloading the 14th filler track off of, the, uh, off of, a, off of some CD someplace. You know, I mean, I, I love Third Eye Blind and everything, but I'm not going to go out and buy their CD. i got to be honest with you, because the reason is because, well, I might like the band. I, I recognize the fact that most of the stuff on there is probably filler material, generally. You know, I mean, so that's just how it works. It's how it is. You know, some bands are still capable of putting out a CD that track to track, from end to end, is one that you just keep listening to over and over again, but generally speaking, that's not the case. And by the way, it doesn't just have to do with the decrease in quality of music and the increase in price. It also has to do with the fact that, you know, people download music because some of the stuff that people download isn't available anywhere else. Some people just can't, I mean, you can't find it. 
You can't find it. Either that or, you know, maybe you might find it someplace on eBay for like $500. But, you know, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to spend 500 bucks for a song that I can get for free off the Internet. And I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. And you could call it stealing, but me, as I look at it, I say this is the free market exercising itself in the way it was intended. Yeah, you know, maybe there's some ethical problem with people, quote unquote, stealing music. But generally speaking, I look at file sharing as great. It's a great opportunity to share a lot of underground or unsigned music or your own personal stuff. I mean, I know I've put my music out there before. I put, uh, you know, many years ago, I got in on the whole thing also, you know, shared music. It's great. It's a great way to get your stuff out there, get people to hear it. You know, that's how that's how it's supposed to work. But even in excluding online copying, the industry estimates the value of uh, physical piracy at $4.5 billion a year. The latest music lawsuits coincide with a separate campaign due to be launched tomorrow in the United States, where the Recording Industry Association of America is filing copyright infringement lawsuits against 405 students at 18 colleges. Look, I know that the RIAA thinks that they're just they're winning the battle and that they're going to just put a big dent, put a big end online music piracy. And that's great that they think that. And you know what? Let them think it. But I read it that in the United States alone, do you know that over 60 million people have or are currently downloading music or have access or have accessed peer-to-peer networks? 60 million people! So you could sue 405, and that's 405 people, okay? That's great. But that leaves 59,999,595 people still left downloading music. What? A thousand here and a thousand there ain't gonna mean jack. And what? You're suing college students? College students don't have a pot to piss in. They drink shoe polish just to get some uh, alcohol out of it. They're not going to be able to sit there and shell out the $5,000 or the ten or twenty or or $100,000 that the RIAA is seeking. What are you going to do? Download, uh, what are you going to You're going to throw some guy in jail because he downloaded a, uh, a Goo Goo Dolls track? How, what is that going to resolve? We got people out there doing illegal activity all the time, and you're going to throw some guy away. You're going to lock, lock him up behind bars or make him pay an exorbitant price, uh, an exorbitant amount of money because he wanted to hear, um, you know, because he wanted to hear, you know, the new uh, Evanescence tune. Just doesn't make any sense to me. And I know because I'm going to hear it from people that are going to say, oh, well, Mike, you just don't get it. I mean, you know, these artists are losing. But artists aren't losing jack on this. It's the it's the record companies. The artists are still making a killing. If you're an artist and your stuff is worth a damn, number one, people are still going to buy it. Number two, they're still going to go to your concerts and buy your merchandise and sell out all your different venues. That's not music piracy, quote unquote, isn't really hurting that aspect of it. It's just hurting the record companies who continue to jack up the price on the CDs. Hey, look, sooner or later, the record companies are going to have to sit here and say, our suing of different people is not resolving anything. We're just losing money in lawsuits. And we're going to have to uh, actually, you know, change the product that we put out there, lower the price and make it more reasonable and actually make quality music again. But until such time as the record company is able to establish that, then we're just going to have to sit here and put up with, uh, you know, more Backstreet Boys and, um, you know, sync garbage. You're listening to the best of the Michael Groff Show. Encouraging people to party. That's what it's all about. 
alternative to dead air. You're listening to The Michael Groff Show. What a slow, glowing dream That your fear seems to hide Deep inside your mind All alone I have cried Silent tears full of pride All right. In a world it's Disgruntled Voice Guy's favorite song. It's 20 minutes before the hour. The Michael Grob Show, kids. Mike at KMGX.com. The email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. This isn't exactly Friday music. This isn't exactly get me in the mood for my weekend, by the way. But whatever. AOL Instant Messenger. The screen name Michael Grob Show. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show. You know, what is your obsession with this song? This song is badass, and I don't care what you say. Well, I say it sucks. So, well, I'm running the board, so it doesn't really matter. I guess not. Yay, flash dance. And you know, he turns it up extra loud, so I have to put up with this garbage. Again, I just want to emphasize, this song is badass, and we're going to be listening to it. No, no we're not. All right, look, can I just talk about the tsunami or something? Anything else? Get me out of this loop I'm in. Okay. All right. Also, you can post on our message boards over at nboxmusic.com. That is www, for those of you not very adept. It's www.nboxmusic.com. Post on our interactive message boards. That would be just the, uh, that would be just the bomb, okay? And see, the Scrumble Voice guy, you have it. You have a supporter. Yeah, see, no diss of this song, Mike. Yeah, that's what the uh, message says. It's not a terrible song. It's better than that. At least you're not playing that stupid remix. Oh, what a good idea. Oh, God. Yeah, here's the remix. The extended dance mix brought to you by Disgruntled Voice Guy. I'm spinning the jams. Okay, whatever. See, this is just see I'm I'm trapped in a bad 80s loop now we're we're trapped in flash dance so I'm just gonna try and go on and, and just totally ignore the fact that I've got this going on a huge explosion halfway across the galaxy 
packed so much power that it briefly altered Earth's upper atmosphere in December. Astronomer, uh, an astronomer said on Friday, no known eruption beyond our solar system has been has appeared that bright upon arrival. You could not have seen it unless you uh, unless you can top the X-ray vision uh, like Superman. But uh, in gamma rays, the event equaled the brightness of the full moon's reflected visible light. The blast originated about fifty thousand light years away from uh, Earth and was detected December twenty seventh. And for those of you who don't know, I'm glad that this article provides you with the uh, information. But a light year is the distance light travels in a year, which is about six trillion miles. The commotion is, was caused by a special variety of neutron star known as a magnet, as a uh, as a magnetar. So apparently, this uh, they this um, caused some problems with the Earth's magnetic field. There's a you know fascinating stuff. Again, me being the space nerd, I know this isn't very fascinating to the average person, but uh, it did briefly affect the upper atmosphere, including the ionosphere of the Earth, and uh, it's always something for astronomers to keep their eye on. I got strength, I this is a good part here. I'm going to turn it up. Oh, please don't. Made of steel, made of stone. Dancing till the end of this night, like now, or never get strength and pride. See the rap part rocks. Whatever. My body, my heart, and my soul. Let's go and make this dream come true. The flash dance rap mix. I love it. There's no price to pay. Your feelings will show you the way. Anyway. See, I'm trying to talk about how fast, uh, the, you know, space and all this kind of crap. You're hitting me with flash dance. It's definitely Friday around here. We're uh, we're already mailing it in for the weekend. <laughs> Here's some other stuff, though. How about this? The diners, have you, have, has anybody heard about this? This is right from the pages of the Michael Groff Show's stupid news file. Another weird one. Apparently a clothing optional restaurant opening up in Manhattan. The diners arrived at a nice Manhattan restaurant on a cold February night and stripped off coats, hats, gloves, and scarves. They didn't stop there. Skirts, shirts, pants, underwear, and stockings all ended up stashed in plastic bags by the bar as the patrons got naked for the monthly clothing optional dinner. It's exciting to be in a restaurant nude, said George Key, 65, a retired junior high school English teacher. Ah. You know what? After that, you can go back to playing flash dance. Nude, yes, but but not unadorned. Keys, a lifelong nudist. Okay, get that get that out of here. Anyway, Keys, a lifelong nudist, wore a necklace, earrings, and a black leather genital bracelet with red studs and white sneakers. 
Oh, my God. The dinner was started by a group of New York nudists who wanted something a bit more elegant than the uh, than the uh, the wilderness gateways and beach resorts they generally frequent. Quote, when you go away on holiday, it's more you're roughing it in the woods, whereas this is a really nice restaurant. This, uh, according to Keys, a member of gay nudist group Malice Al Neuteral. Or man, John uh, or Dover, he apparently uh, set up the dining club about a year ago, recruiting members through uh, word of mouth and the Internet. Quote, next month is our Easter. (laughs) Next month is our Easter event where everybody has to come wearing an Easter bonnet. Oh, my God. A heavyset man with a jovial smile and glasses. That's uh, that's the description of uh, this guy, uh, Ordover, who uh, set up the entire thing. Around 30 people arrived for the buffet dinner. Organizers specified uh, no hot soup on the menu. Most of them middle-aged, several married couples, some singles, the youngest perhaps in their 30s. You know, that's the other thing about nudists. Why can't we have nudists that are like 20 years old? Why is it that every nudist has to be, you know, in their 60s or 50s? I mean, no offense to any of you out there who are 60 years old, but uh, quite frankly, I don't want to see you naked. Uh, Most people don't want to see. I bet you don't even want to see you naked. When I'm 60, I don't want to see myself naked. I'm going to perpetually wear clothes. I have a hard time looking at myself naked right now. Imagine, imagine when I'm 60. Everything's hanging down. I mean, I I don't even want to. Ugh. It is true, though. How? Why is it that all the all the nudists? There's and there's never a, a nudist who's hot. Is it impossible? Are there any nudists out there that are attractive in the least bit? Are there any nudists that are under four hundred pounds or under the age of sixty? Yeah, everybody who's nude looks like Star Jones. No thanks. Quote: They're a good class of people. They're no different than you or I," said John Boosie. Owner of the Midtown Restaurant. Quote, they're not hurting anybody. It's not a wild Roman orgy. Well, God, I would hope not. Not with people in their 60s. Health regulations mean staff must remain closed even if they wanted to join in. And diners must bring something to sit on. A towel or a uh, or a discerning or to a discerning woman, a uh, an elegant silk scarf. The restaurant's manager covered the windows to maintain privacy and the strict, uh, this is a strictly private party. Extra heaters kept the temperature at a comfortable level for nudity. Odorver's wife, Carol, said that they uh, first went to a nudist holiday five years ago and she found the experience empowering. But she explained, quote, it's the least sexual thing you can possibly imagine. Well, of course it is. With everybody there being like, you know, 50 or 60 years old, I don't imagine it being all that sexual. Hey, uh, want to check out my wrinkled folds? I mean, come on. Who's who's going to find that the least bit sexual? Quote, men in nudist resorts are uh, striking a bargain. They got to see as many naked women as they like as long as they are polite and look them straight in the eye, she said. Who wants that? I'm fascinated by this story. You guys will have to excuse me. Sherry Stafford, a petite and elegant 51-year-old with blonde hair and high heels, brought brochures and video advertisements for her travel business. 
Internaturally travel. Hmm. One of the flyers was a resort called, um, let's see, what is this? Heaterism 2, which uh, whose slogan is, be wicked for a week. But she said nudists should not be confused with swingers. Well, of course not. You see, the difference, there's not much of a difference between swingers and nudists, but one key difference is swingers can be of any age. Usually they're older, but they can be of any age. Almost everybody who's a nudist is is somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 plus. And why is it that nudists are that? I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. If I ever become a nudist, just put me out of my misery. No, man. I know. I'm going to get messages. The human body is a beautiful thing. Here's an instant message. You you like to rant, don't you? Um, No, you love to rant. It's a talk show. This guy who instant messaged me, he, he like criticizes. There's there's a few people out there. Like here's a guy right here also. He like criticizes everything about the show. It's amazing. Times your show on. All right, here's a couple other instant messages that we have. Uh, AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Groff Show. That's M I C H A E L G R O F F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. And uh, here's one person. I know someone who's a nudist, and yep, they're over 50. Big surprise there. So there you have it. There's a couple of other instant messages, people sympathizing with me about the, about the whole nudist thing. Uh, it doesn't seem, like, uh, doesn't seem like too many people are uh, into nudism. By the way, here's another one. 65, that's disgusting. Nothing against old people, but frankly, when I'm 65, I'll just leave my clothes on and hope that I don't have uh, heart disease. Well, there you go. Anyway, uh, here's another. Here's your instant messages. Why would you mention your screen name if you don't talk to people on? Uh, if you don't talk to people on AIM, well, I do. I talk to people on AIM all the time. It's just that not while I'm on the air because you know we're talking and it's you can't really talk and type at the same time. Very difficult uh, thing to do. All right, so if you have any other additional comments for the program, you can do so. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address. Michael Graf Show AOL Instant Messenger. Here's another story from the Michael Graff Show's stupid news file. The crazy frog mobile phone uh, ringtone, loved and loathed in equal measure in Britain, is to be released as a pop single. I have no idea what this is, but apparently I, I had this sent to me by about three different people today. Television adverts plugging the tune featuring an animated frog wearing motorcycle helmet and goggles with a broad smile and a visible tiny and a visible tiny penis have made it a huge success. The tone has been downloaded a million times. You either love it or you hate it. There's no in-between, said BBC Radio 1 DJ Wes Butters, one of a group of DJs and producers who have uh, formed the group Pond Life to release the song. The TV spots have uh, promoted several complaints to the advertising standards authorities with viewers who object to their frequency and to the frog's genitalia. You could never get away with that in the United States, by the way. You could never get away with showing an ad where a frog has like a micro penis and, uh, well, whatever. You, not in today's uh, FCC climate. The ad has, however, been ruled uh, acceptable by the authority. Whether the single will be uh, deemed acceptable by the public when it is released in April is an open question. I haven't heard this, but every 
I get I got uh, this sent to me. Like I said, by about three different people, they go, I can't believe they're turning this ringtone into a pop single. Well, let, let's hope let's hope not for the good of uh, all that is holy. It's uh, I mean, I, I haven't heard it. I don't know, but I can only imagine it's probably going to be trouble. So uh, that's the big news from England. So if you uh, if anybody knows about this or because I, I can't find like a link to the audio of this thing, I've never heard this ringtone or maybe I have and I just don't know it. But if anybody has it or would like to send that on over, that'd be encouraged. Uh, you can always send it to our email address, Mike at KMGX.com. I would uh, love to hear it. Bring it. You're listening to the best of the Michael Grob Show. Rush Limbaugh update because you know I figure we haven't still a chubby yeah we haven't done one of these in a while and I figure that we might as well uh, we might as well get to this so here's your Rush Limbaugh evening update (laughs) all right now for those of you who haven't been following this Rush Limbaugh a few years ago now he. He got addicted to uh, pain pills. He got addicted to Oxycontin, okay? And that's what caused some of his hearing problems. It caused a lot of his other problems. And, of course, he was in so deep that, you know, he was doctor shopping, trying to get more of what he called the little blues from somebody that was working for him at the time. Uh, They would, you know, smuggle him the drugs and stuff like that. Now, if it was you or I or anybody else in this listening audience, generally speaking... We'd already be serving our time in jail, and by now, hell, we'd probably actually be on our way out of jail, but Rush Limbaugh is Rush Limbaugh, and he doesn't get to serve jail time because he has a nice lawyer. But anyway, here's the story. Roy Black, Rush Limbaugh's attorney, issued the following statement regarding the release today of some of Rush Limbaugh's medical records to investigators and the return of most of the records to Mr. Limbaugh. So here's what happened, okay, before I read this statement. Rush now, uh, most of his medical records have been given back to him. They're not uh, going to be, most of the records aren't going to be seized by by prosecutors in the state of Florida, as they should have been. So translation from this entire story is Rush Limbaugh gets away with a felony, with several felonies, as a matter of fact. Mr. Owning up to personal responsibility and being accountable for your actions... And anybody who's a druggie should go to jail. And I'm just, again, using his own words against him. I guess when, it, when you know the boot of justice comes around to kick him square where the sun don't shine, he's uh, not ready to own up to accountability. 
Here's the statement. I am... I am confident that the state attorney will find nothing in these records to support a charge of doctor shopping because there was no doctor shopping. Yeah. Whatever. The records show that Mr. Limbaugh received legitimate medical treatment for legitimate medical reasons. We are grateful to Judge Barkdoll for providing the uh, review of the records uh, for uh, relevancy that we requested. He also says that most of the records were returned to me today and were not given to the prosecutors. This proves our point that the state's wholesome, uh, wholesale seizure of Mr. Limbaugh's medical records was improper. The prescription records that are in the search warrant affidavits should be put in perspective. Of the 2,130 pills prescribed, only 1,863 were painkillers. And of those, only 1,733 were hydrocodone. These were to be taken over a period of 217 days from the date of the first prescription until 30 days from the date of the last prescription. Yeah. That's why he went into rehab. Right. He went into rehab because he was taking his pills properly and because he never had a problem and he never acquired any pills illegally in the first place. That's why dude went into rehab. I mean, if you wanted us to believe this story a little bit better, perhaps he's... My friends, you don't understand. You see, I'm a very important individual. You know, you just don't get it. My medical records should be sealed because I'm the greatest broadcaster revolutionizing his business. What a jackass. The rules apply to everybody else, but not to me. Because I'm an arrogant conservative who has the power of the golden EIB microphone. Blue. What a horse's ass. Anyway. 92, by the way, 92% of the pain medication was prescribed by two doctors who were treating Mr. Limbaugh for back pain. They work in the same office from the same medical file, and there could be no doctor shopping between them. One of these doctors also prescribed 117 pills of a drug used to treat high blood pressure or to help uh, wean patients off of painkillers. And yeah, that obviously worked too, didn't it? Again, if he wanted us to believe this story a little bit more, I would have been more than happy to probably believe this story a bit better had he... Not gone into rehab. I mean, that's all there is to it. Jeff, are you all right over there? Yeah. All right. I just don't really care about Rush Limbaugh, so well, I'm not really I mean, adding anything in. French and South African AIDS researchers have called an early halt to a study of adult male circumcision uh, to reduce HIV infection after initial results reportedly showed that men who had, uh, who had the procedure dramatically lowered their risk of contracting the virus. The study's preliminary results disclosed Tuesday by the Wall Street Journal showed that circumcision reduced the risk of t- contracting HIV by 70%. How? A level of protection far better than the 30% risk reduction set as a target for an AIDS vaccine. Wow. According to the newspaper account, the study underway in Orange Farm Township, South Africa, uh, was stopped because the results were so favorable 
it was deemed unethical to continue the trial after uh, an early peek at data showed that the uncircumcised men were so much more likely to become infected. Wow, I I don't right. get it. So just give them an excuse to have sex more in Africa so yeah. that you know people will continue to be more. Oh, I'm circumcised. And die. I'm circumcised. I'm okay now. It's all good. <clears throat> Woo, good thing I got that behind me. It's probably because the ones who can actually afford to uh have the circumcision are educated with AIDS and or educated about AIDS and have the money to buy condoms. Probably. It would actually make sense, though. But I mean, all the uncircumcised are probably in tribes off in the in the forest someplace. No, I'm serious. I mean, you know, circumcision is primarily an American and a you know an Israeli thing. It's mostly done. I mean, you don't see this done in uh, in as large numbers in you know most of Asia. You don't see this done in Africa. Circumcision is mainly it's it's an American thing primarily. It's a, like a ca- sure they do it in Catholic Israel. thing. Yeah, that's what I mean. And a, and a Jewish thing. American, Israeli. There's a few other countries that do this. But, I mean, most countries in the world do not uh, participate in circumcision. So, naturally, people that live off in the, in the forest, the rainforest and the jungles of Africa, they're not going to be able to... They're not going to have circumcisions done. And AIDS is spreading like wildfire through there. So I would see how the numbers might be biased. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't understand the study properly. I don't know. Begun in early in, in August of 2002, the experiment is one of the uh, most closely watched clinical trials in Africa to determine whether there is scientific merit to nearly three dozen less uh, rigorously controlled studies showing that circumcised men were much less likely to become HIV positive. The hope is that lacking a vaccine, the nearly 5 million new HIV infections occurring each year could be slowed by circumcision. The surgical removal, of course, of the foreskin, a simple, low-cost, and permanent medical intervention. You mean it doesn't grow back? Well, it should. Hello, Studio City. Continue. Laboratory studies have found that the foreskin is rich in white blood cells, which are favorite targets of HIV. The virus that causes AIDS. So the theory is that men who are uncircumcised are much more likely to contract the virus during sex with an infected woman, and that the um, and that the epidemic spreads when these newly infected men have sex with other women within their network of sexual partners. So okay, I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Foreskin, more white blood cells. Okay, I get that. Plus, it just looks funny. Well, it does. <laughs> well, that's anything. Um, hey, if you get some porn stars to give you a head, they can do some crazy stuff with it. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word on that one there, Chief. Hey, I could show you the porn. I think it's at Ron's house, actually, since he's got tons of it. I was going to say, is it on your hard drive? No. <laughs> Um, this in, by the way, now I mentioned this off the top of the show about this. Um, it was really coming down to New York versus Paris versus London for the summer games of 2012. Now, New York pretty much backed out of it themselves. They said, thanks, but no thanks. Um, there's just way too much gridlock. A lot of the people didn't think that New York could really handle the Olympics in 2012. 
And I would have to agree. I mean, I've never been to New York, okay? But I can just tell you, there's no way. There's no way. It'd be a circus in New York. There's... You know, we could do it in so many other places. In the, I mean, we did it in Atlanta in '96, and you know, aside from uh, that guy that had the the bomb, that turned out not to be the guy that had the bomb. But aside from that, you know, the, the it went pretty smoothly. And L.A. had the uh, Olympic Games in '84. You know, we could host the Olympic Games somewhere in the U.S. But um, it came down to New York. Paris and London. New York backed out, so it was Paris and London. And uh, if I had to choose, London would get it over that. And that's pretty much how the IOC felt, I guess, because... Paris sucks. Yep. Paris sucks, and London wins the 2012 Olympic Games. The British capital overcame its cross-channel opponent 54-50 Wednesday on the fourth ballot of the International Olympic Committee vote, capping the most glamorous... And hotly contested bid race in Olympic history. Moscow, New York, and Madrid were eliminated in the first three rounds. London got the Olympics for the first uh, time since 1948, while Paris was frustrated for a third time in 20 years. It hasn't held the game since 1924. Darn, don't be a bunch of sissies. Paris had been the frontrunner throughout the campaign, but London picked up momentum in the late stages with uh, strong support from Prime Minister Tony Blair. So, quote, many people do reckon that London is the greatest city in the whole world at the moment. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. An exultant Blair said uh, during the uh, result of... Listen, London's cool. And London's all, but... nice and all, but I, I got to tell you, of all the places to host summer games... London is not exactly at the top of my list. That'd be like kind of that'd be like putting them in Fairbanks, Alaska. We had to cancel today's uh, track and field events because it's well, it's raining for the 80th day straight. Yeah. So it's foggy again. <laughs> well, I mean, at least the sun is up until like eleven o'clock at night there. But I mean, <laughs> oh, sunsets at midnight, but it doesn't matter because we haven't seen the sun since the fifties. I don't know. When I think when I think of summer, I think of swimming pools, I think of outdoor activities, I think of barbecues, I think of heat, I think of baseball, I think of even you know basketball, I think of uh, you know summer activities. Let's see, London. Nope, I you know what? As much as I'm trying to cram those two together and make a square peg fit in a round hole, it's just not going to happen. But, I mean, good for London. They beat out Paris. And you know what? Between those two cities, I'd give it to London every single time. Because Paris sucks. Thank you. In case I didn't say that earlier. Um, You know, we've had these barrage of stories about shark attacks. Well, here's yet another one. This is kind of weird. I guess they've come up with some sort of electric shield to put around people to block them from shark attacks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that should work really well in water. Please elaborate. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought also. This electric shield prevents the shark from eating the person because yeah. they usually won't eat them when they're dead. Yeah, it, yeah, makes makes perfect sense to me, too. Um, anyway, the shields emit an electric signal, which sharks do not like, so oh. keeping them away from beaches. So, so is this like electric or audible? It says an electronic. It says an electric signal. It says uh, 
Let me see. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Abraham DeHai, I don't know, from South Africa's Natal Sharks Board told the BBC that the that the electrical shields did not harm the sharks, just made them uncomfortable. Enough Proto- to get pissed off and eat people out of spite. Yeah. Well, they got they left that area and went and ate people at other beaches. <laughs> Prototypes of this technology were used in the 2000 Sydney Olympics. Anyway, I guess uh, so. That's triathletes swimming in Sydney Harbor were protected by similar devices. According to uh, this dude, Day, Die, whatever his name is. Uh, they were also used by the Australian military and police force. Personal devices have been on sale to divers, surfers, and swimmers for the past three years. But now they're working on uh, erecting a string of them to protect an entire beach. So there you go. It'll be um, trialed in South Africa within a year. And uh, some South African uh, shark cons- uh, conservationists are worried about the uh, scheme, saying that the devices could hurt sharks. Yeah, you know, much in the way that they've hurt people. Although my my take on the whole thing is, if you don't want to be attacked by sharks, don't go into the water. Stay out of shark-infested waters if you don't want to be bit by sharks. I don't know why I got my head bit off by the lion. I was only in his cage. I only went into the lion's den. Why did I get stuck by all those hornets? I was only poking it with a stick for an hour. By the way, according to a new story here, I guess um, homosexual STDs are on the rise. Um, No pun intended. (laughs) But it it appears that... Filthy uh, speak. Filthy speak. Not just HIV, although HIV seems to be one of the slower-growing ones, but uh, all sorts of different... Sexually transmitted diseases, the fastest growth of STDs is in the homosexual community again, which is a trend that had reversed itself uh, the past decade or so. But now, once again, it appears that more education and awareness is needed in the uh, homosexual community, especially with the preponderance of bisexuality, transgendered relationships, all this other stuff, I guess. I don't know. They're figuring all this in to uh, make for a, I guess, a vastly increased amount of STDs in the homosexual community. So dig that. Hello, Studio City. Super. All right. Well, anyway, whatever. This uh, message here just in, somebody said, uh, I can think of all sorts of things to do in London for the winter games. (laughs) You know, London is not a good place for any Olympic games. I mean, it doesn't really snow there a lot. As far as I know, and it, they don't have, you know, giant mountains for skiing. They don't have a lot of, I mean, I guess, I mean, yeah, hockey. I mean, it gets cool there, but not ice cold. But, I mean, I guess you could have hockey or something. But, I mean, I just can't quite see how it is that you could have any kind of Olympic Games in London. Except for, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't really think of any games you could have there. Maybe water polo. You know, since it rains all the time, I'm sure I got somebody in the U.K. angry. But, you know, I I, I like London. London's, you know, it's a great place. It's a cool place. I just don't know if I'd put the Olympic Games there. But, hey, you know, they're going to say, well, it's indoors, Mike. Who cares? 
Well, then by that logic, why not just have it in Reykjavik or, you know, Barrow, Alaska? Does Reykjavik even exist anymore? Eh, who knows? <laughs> you put it in uh, St. Petersburg. Sweet. So. Here we have Olympic uh, event vodka swigging contest. <laughs> who can drink most vodka? They actually have a contest like that. I just saw it on, uh, I think it was on one of my home pages for Netscape or something. A few months back, like just people slamming down shots of vodka and to see who could walk straight afterwards. Wow. Look, when uh, it's below freezing all time up here, we have got to have something to do with our time. Other than stare at hairy Russian women. So we drink. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all you can do Which there. makes staring at uh, hairy Russian women a lot easier Not on the eyes. Not quite so bad. A yeah. lot easier on eyes. Which, by the way, for women covered with hair. When they say giving you hairy eyeballs, they mean... So, whatever. I don't know. By the way, oil closed at $61 a barrel today. Bastards. Oh, yeah. Is there any relief in sight? I'm going to invent some kind of uh, fuel. It's called walking. <laughs> That's about all I can do. I don't know. Whatever. Mike at KMGX.com, our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Groff Show, the screen name. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. And that's it. We're out of here. We will see you tomorrow. We do this Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you're just, you know, feeling that you want to tune in, that's when you should probably check out our live show. Of course, some of our different affiliates run the show throughout uh, different times of the day. So if you're hearing it at some other time, you want to drop us a message. I do generally leave the screen name up 24-7. Michael Groff Show on AOL Instant Messenger. We will uh, get out of here. See you tomorrow. It'll be the big Thursday show. We'll have uh, lots of stuff there. Brand new intro for tomorrow night's show. Thank God for that. Scrunnel Voice Guy, we actually are going to have a uh, <laughs> a new intro, right? Yeah. So you, you, it's actually there. I just, I, I just gotta mix it down. All right. Do a little big shout out. Oh, we're dropping the vernacular all over the place. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Awesome. <laughs> You've been listening to the best of the Michael Groff Show. Copyright 2010, Michael Groff Entertainment. Any reproduction, retransmission, or rebroadcast of this program without the expressed written consent of Michael J. Groff is strictly prohibited. That means we'll sodomize you with a spork if you do it. Thanks again for listening to the best of the Michael Groff Show.